0: It is uncomfortable, and there are no words of comfort that I can give you other than you get stronger every time you stand up. You get stronger with every piece of, uh, you know, article that you read, every book you read, every talk that you watch. You get stronger in your voice. And just like people get up and say, no, pain science is important. No, we have to talk about stretching, and you took a stance on that. Now you're just learning how to take a stance on something that is really, really big. And in order to do that, you have to get uncomfortable with unpacking what has caused you to think the way that you have, educating yourself to get ready and then mobilizing yourself as an ally. This is Maestro on the Mic.
1: Hey you guys, Maestro here, and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today I have with me my first official guest. When I started doing these du- dual, whatever you want to call them, uh, episodes, I brought her on. She's one of my closest friends. She is a voice that we all need to be listening to right now because let's let's be honest, shit's popping off, and we got to figure out one, we got to listen, and then two, we got to figure out what we can actually be doing so this episode is long overdue and that is my that's my bad but you've heard her every time you listen to this podcast because if you listen to the intro she's in there so to quote her let's get it popping without further ado welcome to the show dr jennifer hutton welcome back
0: Thank you so much for having me. Let's get it popping.
1: <laughs> Do you guys realize that line? That's her. Right? That, that is Jennifer. <laughs> so, to start off, Dr. J-Pop, how are you doing?
0: Yeah. I am doing better today. Um, I took a break yesterday, spent some time with my family, uh, got offline, and I've had a an opportunity to recharge um, so that I can get back to work, get back to work.
1: Speak on that.
0: And it's a different <laughs> work this time. <laughs> it's a different work. Yes. <laughs> you know, a week ago I was I'm working on a pediatric assessment course, and I was, like, in the zone. I was excited. I had my plan out. Um, and then we had the death of George Floyd, Um the cherry on top of the death of Breonna Taylor and Lamont Arbery and so, so many other names. And it has brought an uprising like I have never seen, Um, a diversity in allies that I think is absolutely amazing and a realization that I need to get back on a path that I've been on for a while, but took a little break from because I was tired. Um, I was tired of preaching a message that I could tell was not being received. Um, and now that it is, I'm, I'm ready to take advantage of it, help people understand it's time to work and do what I can to help push this movement forward.
1: Number one, thank you. Uh, yes I want you would love if you. Continue uh, to, if you elaborate, rather, or you know what your favorite word, Jennifer's favorite word, she always uses that. I I feel some kind of way about it, is expound. I don't know. I never heard people saying that word. <laughs> and then Jennifer always says it. Dramatics and expound.
0: Dramatics and expound. Those are words. They are. Maybe they uh, use it more than we do, but I had to no look merch. that shit
1: up when she first I was like, Did she make up a word here if I can turn stuff? Could yeah. So one, thank you for doing this for so fucking long. Cause since I met you I and I, I, I haven't known you that long, but you've been doing it and you're doing something that people weren't receptive to and yet you still push forward. And that's remarkable so thank you you said how tired you are and and that's just just so justified being so tired so thank you for continuing to do that can you please expound on this uh you kind of slid it in there you've been doing this for a while how long is a while
0: yeah um i think uh, i mean i'm 37
1: oh oh damn (laughs) so oh jesus
0: (laughs) So I mean, to be honest, you and I did a post yesterday about, you know, how everybody realizes that their skin color um, can bring about how they're treated differently in this world. And I think everybody has a different age that they realize it. Um, and then you have the age where you say or some of us say, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Um, I'm not going to accept it. And that honestly started for me. Uh, around the age of fourteen, hit my first incident with a cop. Mm. Um, I don't yeah, know if you want to keep going, but I so I went to an all girls, um, majority white, very affluent all girls school in in Nashville, and I was part of the theater department, and we would go to the all boys school to audition for plays because. Clearly, they had plays with girls and no girls. Um, So one of the plays that I was in, that was one of my friends, two black girls from the all girls school in the play. And we went to the cast party. And when we got to the cast party, we were the youngest ones. We were the freshmen and there was underage drinking. We were I think we were definitely 14 And so we looked at a senior and we said, we will literally get killed by our parents if they find out we were around this. And he offered to take us to his parents' house so we could wait for our, our parents to pick us up. Um, But we left all of our clothes and everything in another classmate's car. So he took us back to the house and a cop pulled him over and he was 18, but we were 14 and the questions started to come. He said he lived in the neighborhood and it was a very, very affluent neighborhood in this area. Is he black? No, he was white. Everybody else was white. We were the only two black kids in this entire um, cast. So the cop asked him where he was from. He showed him his ID, which said he was from the area that we were in and the cop was fine. And so the cop asked for our ID, and we were 14. And at the time, it wasn't required, if you weren't in school, it wasn't in a public school, it wasn't required that you had an ID. And so we told him we were 14, we told him we were waiting on our parents, and we didn't have anything else to to show. And he said, well, it's close to curfew, and I don't know where you live, so we're gonna have to take you in. And I said, well, our, our parents are literally on their way. He said, like, yeah, but like curfew is, he looked at his watch. He said, it's now. And you're not supposed to be out this time. You're underage. We're going to have to take you in. Well, three other cast members walk out. They are not 18. They are 16 and 17. I actually remember them. And he said, it's past curfew. What are you guys doing out? And I said, well, we're leaving a cast party. We are going home. And he said, where's home? Well, they all showed their IDs, which said they lived in that neighborhood. And he said, you guys can go. And it was like a mm-hmm. light just flipped in my head. And I, I am a fighter. Nice. <laughs> People who follow me um, see the happy-go-lucky side of me working with children. But in actuality, I, I am a fighter. And the minute I, de- I detect being treated differently, something goes off inside. And so I stepped up to the cop and I said, so they're underage and you're letting them go home, but you want to take us in. So this is clearly not an issue of our age. And another, the, the guy who drove us actually stayed, which I, I to this day am grateful for because he recognized what was going on. And tried to explain, you know, they, they were inside, this is what's going on, but he wasn't hearing it. So my friend and I both spit fires or like, we're not mm-hmm. going to juvenile. And we sat down on the curb. So he called back
1: <laughs> On two 14-year-old <laughs> girls.
0: Two 14-year-old girls. We weren't in his face. We were not loud. We did not cuss. We literally just said, we're not going to juvenile because it is very apparent this is not about the law. And so he called two other cop cars um, and I called my mom and said, I-, I need you to come and hurry up because there are cops here. And so we sat down and he said, I have to take you guys in. And it was a hesitancy of, I don't want to start something, but I know I've started mm-hmm. something. <laughs> and so we sat down and said, I'm not getting in your car. My mom is on her way. That's it. If you want me in the back of your car, you're going to have to put me there. I won't resist, but I am sitting down. I'm not getting in the car willingly. And so probably about 10 minutes later, the cops had showed up, other cops had showed up, and he was explaining it to them. And I saw my mom's car pull up. And I got up and walked to her, told her what happened, and just got in the car and just was so angry that I cried, so angry. Um, And she and my friend's father proceeded to rip him a new one. Um, understanding the story, you know, there were, my parents always taught me if there's a fight, you can't fight. You have to call us. We want you to fight it, but if you can't do it, you got to let us do it for you. And so in that instance, I, I knew I did as much as I could. Um, and I had to pass the baton, but I, I had decided from that moment on, you will be aware of me. You will, um, I will not silence myself. I will not, not be in these spaces because they make you uncomfortable that a black person is here. My presence will be felt. And that is literally what I've taken through the rest of my life. So in school, I, I was a champion. Um, to our, you know, upper school directors, we championed for diversity training, we asked to go to conferences, we asked to bring people in to speak. Um, when I got to college, it was I was lucky because I was at a, actually an, a historically black college, um, which for me was a respite from what I had just been fighting. But then when I got to grad school, the fight started all over again, because I was one of Five in a class of seventy, um, and definitely, I still had issues with 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 teachers. Even having great grades, there were things that they would choose, uh, pick and choose with with certain mm-hmm. people, and it was very apparent. Um, and we want to fast forward. I've had incidents in public. I've had incidents in stores. I've had I've been called a nigger in in Starbucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I've had issues. The last issue I remember was at APTA CSM. Um, And I know you remember that because it, it rocked me to have gotten this far professionally and knowing that I still have to fight. um, It still just shakes you when you don't expect to fight. There are some times when black people don't have their guard up and you get mad when you don't because it, it does shake you and it reminds you, oh man, Uh, my my skin color is, is definitely still a problem for people. It's still not viewed as equal. And so you have to remind yourself of that and then say, I got to keep fighting. Like I have to keep going with this. And the fight looks different in every setting, but once you resolve that you're going to fight, then you find the ways to show up in every setting that you're in. Um, So the last two years has been me in the, in the social media space. And um, I've watched (laughs) pediatric physical therapists come into the social media space. And within nine months, their follower count is high. And I don't have Mm -hmm. a problem with that because I want authentic followings. But you notice the difference and you can't help but say, is it because of the color of my skin? Is my voice not as important? Is my perspective not as respected? And then I said this year, hey, I'm going to look up at APTA. Who is in color there? Who's who? Who is on these platforms, in these conferences? Who's speaking to these people in my clinic? Like who is? Who are the therapists? Who are the kids that are coming in to be seen? So, it, definitely this year, it's been my realization that I'm my fight is now moving outside of just me and for my patients. For my co, my colleagues, I should say, Um, and now even looking at our own governing body and saying, okay, like what are we doing? Where is our representation, and and how do we move forward there? So that's what I mean by the fight.
1: I'm tired. I do nothing, and I'm tired, Jennifer. That was so much fun. Uh,
0: One thing I want to say,
1: you guys, listen. I know. That perhaps moving forward in this episode, perhaps the conversations you're going to have moving forward in general, the things that you're going to see on social media. For many of us, there's going to be, there's going to, you're going to have, you're going to want to have a knee jerk reaction. You're going to want to, you're going to start to formulate opinions that stop you from actually listening because you're so concerned with responding and being like, but it's not all the time. Ugh. Take a, take a moment. The beautiful thing with the podcast is that you can pause it, but if you're going to pause it, you better fucking put it back on. Hit play again. Take a moment and listen, because I know for a fact that when you're listening to her story in the beginning there about the police, you started feeling some kind of way. And I'm not saying it, I'm not condemning you for feeling that kind of way. What we need right now is for people to listen. The same skill set you use when you have a patient in front of you who's telling you a story. And if you don't do that yet, you better fucking start doing it. You need to listen and not be formulating an answer and being like, oh, I have a response. Because you're missing information then. It's natural to have reactions to things and have things come up. But you need to listen. And everything that Jennifer just said, if you need to rewind it, because maybe you fast-forwarded it. Or maybe you just kind of tuned out because you're like, ah, this is difficult. It's uncomfortable. You go back and you listen to it. All right? So... Jennifer, can you say a little bit more about CSM? The incident?
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, I was in... What do they call that area with all the booths?
1: Uh, like a vendor village. Remember. It's not called that, but it's hall. like a exhibit, exhibit hall. Yeah. Exhibit hall.
0: Exhibit hall, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I was walking around with a couple of my uh, coworkers, actually former coworkers, um, that happened to be white, and we were looking at all of the different equipment and programs. And we stopped at a booth that I thought had a really cool. I'll call it a toy. <laughs> and we watched the demonstration and I was, it was three of us really close to her and watched her demonstrate it. She showed it to the people next to her. I went to reach for it when she was finished with her explanation with the people that were right next to us. And she moved it from my hand and asked the next group if they wanted to try it and i immediately you just first of all you're like wait did that just happen but my friend uh, i jeff i just remember her saying oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i say i love having new allies because i've had allies in my life for a while and so i know what it looks like to be a good one and i looked at her and she said did that just happen i said it just happened and she looked at her I didn't even have to. She looked at her. She said, you know, she was trying to actually look at that. And the girl looked at her and her face got flushed and her eyes like just kind of went deer in headlights. And I look and I literally just tears sprang to my eyes. And it was the worst feeling because, like I said, as a black person, you always have your guard up. You always have your guard up because you you you're not looking for it. But if it comes You want to be emotionally protected. And I didn't have it up because I was literally just a physical therapist walking through the exhibit hall, looking at all the cool stuff. And to be caught off guard was the worst part. And then to have that emotional reaction was I'm about to have to go through, like I talked about in my post, these five stages of shit. (laughs) I'm black and that's a problem. And angry because I'm being treated like that. Um, it's, it's just, it was, it was very upsetting. And I think it literally just took me out for the rest of the day. Like I didn't go look at any more booths. I didn't go to any more um, of the courses. I just went back to my hotel room and just, I just had to take a beat and say, okay, it happened. <laughs> and that's the thing. There's always the it happened moment. And then you still have to get up. And be a physical therapist in that space and show up at these courses. But you're now thinking, what are other people thinking about me? How are they feeling about me being in this space? Because that always comes back to you. And so I think that was probably the last time I said, I I can't let my guard down. I can't let my guard down. It actually has to be up at all times. And when I say it has to be up at all times, my guard is up at all times when i'm going for a walk in my neighborhood and i'm walking up on a person that can't see me or hear me because they're wearing um headphones and they're white and i don't want them to be scared then i walk to the other side of the street to make sure that they can see me and then i cross back over Um, When I'm walking into a store, I'm making sure that my hands are visible and my purse is closed. I mean, when I'm going to teach a class, I am prepared for those people to say, oh, so when is the instructor going to get here? Or talk to the coordinator as if they are the instructor when they're white. Um, I've had that happen multiple times, and actually a few coordinators catch it and apologize as if it's their fault. It's not. Um, but this is what it means to be Black in America. I gave you three small, small instances, but you are always having to think of how you present in society and keep your guard up because you know at some point you're going to be faced with the fact that people look at you and they see less things. Um, They don't see equal or the preconceived thoughts that they grew up with are going to come up in some way, shape or form. Maybe it's how they communicate with you. Um, Maybe it's them wanting to work with you. It it always comes up. And so you are always not on the defense for most of us, (laughs) but you are always keeping your guard up to stay protected.
1: Can you, I have like multiple ways that I want to go with this, but- because you said this before, and so I figured let's just stay in line with that. Um, you spoke about the five stages. Oh. Uh, five stages of grief. You also did, a, a, sorry, grief, denial, or, sorry, it's me.
0: It's grief.
1: There's a bunch. So you did the post on it. <laughs> you spoke about it. Um, I think it might be relevant here.
0: Yeah.
1: To kind of continue with that.
0: Um, to continue with how it, it pertains to.
1: Or perhaps this what it is, okay. how it ties in. Okay. Um, have you have, have it's it's because part of the question here, and I'm, I'm being a bad host here, but my, my brain is like going a million miles a minute. It's cool. Uh, the 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 my main question that I want to ask is, and I think I've asked you before, is like why do you keep fighting? Like why don't you move move away? Why don't you go somewhere else? Why don't you?
0: Yeah. Well.
1: So maybe let's the, go with that. Well, the five wow.
0: stages, uh, you know, we start with, and I say start, but these are the five stages that you travel through, honestly, when you're grieving something. Um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Um, you keep fighting because you decide this is unacceptable. Um, it's the last stage that actually you say, "I'm I'm not going there. I'm going to accept that this is my fight. I'm going to accept that this is a part of my life, but I'm not going to accept that this is okay, that I should believe that I'm lesser than, that I should believe that I should be treated differently, that I should believe that I don't deserve certain things or I don't deserve success. No, I don't accept it. And so if you get to that stage and you say no, then you've decided to keep fighting. You've decided to keep Mm -hmm. fighting, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to go back through the five stages. And there are some times when you're going to accept that you're tired (laughs) and you need a break, Mm -hmm. because that is where I have been in the last couple of years. But you always have to remind yourself in the face of all of this that you deserve, deserve to be treated like a human. You cannot accept that you are not worthy. So you decide, I'm going to keep fighting.
1: There's not a pause here, guys. There's not a delay. Uh, this is the maestro being silent. I, everyone, everyone just checked. Everyone's like, is shit broken? What just happened? Nah, that is, is me listening uh, and processing as I go. This has been a question I've had for Jennifer, and we've talked about it before for a long time. And I'm just like, why do you fucking why do you move away? Stop living there. Stop, stop, you know, and I've been very privileged. Uh, and I did an episode about this. I'm probably new more episodes about this. That um, I have just stepped away from things. And I was like, I don't want to be in that. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. It's too much. Like, it's not my fight. And, and, and I think I've, I've been able to go ahead. Once you,
0: use, you used to say that, why don't you just move? Why don't you just move? Yeah. And I think it's the realization that no matter where I go in mm-hmm. this United States, it is still my fight. These people are everywhere because this is systemic. And I'm not just talking about the justice system. This literally is ingrained in our society. We were brought here as slaves. We were brought here for free labor. You can't just start off with 400 years of that and expect that in California, this doesn't exist. You know, in, in Washington state, this doesn't exist. I will be perfectly fine. Hell no. This is everywhere. And that is what we've been trying to get people to see. Unfortunately, our only way of appealing to society has been through these brutal killings that have happened. But we've been saying this in every space you don't realize the thought viruses that were created hundreds and hundreds of years ago and if we don't address that this will be the case for the rest of our lives
1: so what can we do Jim? that sounds huge that statement sounds like you just told me I gotta run a marathon (laughs) for the rest of my life not even like a finite like oh I'm gonna run a marathon no you just told me this is something that has to be so big, it's so systemic, it's bigger than us. So what do we do? I,
0: my first plight is you have to maintain a sliver of hope. Um, what I said earlier, the fact that um, the number of allies that are coming out of the woodworks, whether because it's popular or they've truly been convicted, <laughs> um, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. different. It is the largest that I have seen and all of my colleagues and my friends can say the same. This feels different and it's different Mm -hmm. because now you have people who are going to be able, if they stick with it, to do the work, to recognize the thought viruses that they have been living in, to recognize the privileges that they have had, and then to say, "Okay, I'm going to use my privilege to push this forward. For the longest, it was majority minority saying, hey, you guys can't do this to us. We need to be fair Mm -hmm. in the education system. We need to be fair in the healthcare system. All of these systems we've been fighting in and everybody, because it's not something you face every day. It's easy to to put a post up. It's easy to put a hashtag, but it's not easy Mm -hmm. to check your friends check your family member, Mm -hmm. educate yourself, and not just right now, you know, uh, accumulating all of the articles and watching all of the talks. No, it's saying, asking yourself the hard questions. How have I benefited from this? What have I, what was I taught as a child? For some people, you actually may need to go to therapy (laughs) because if you Mm -hmm. did come from a family where it was believed that you were the superior race then you got a whole lot that you have to unpack in order to accept the education that you're going to need to get. You've got to accept these things first. It starts inside of you, it starts with you being aware of yourself, not just being aware that this is happening to us. Because me crying and me telling you my story, that, that's not going to do it. Empathy only goes so far if it does go at all. You have to say, look, this is self-work first, I have to recognize my blind spots. Cause let me be real, an ally who's coming at me with blind spots is really not gonna be helpful. You have to educate yourself. You have to see the ways that this came from you. You have to see the ways that this has been built into every system that exists. And then you have to look for ways to help and ways to help, it is standing up for us in the comments. Not shutting them off because it's uncomfortable to talk to these people that thought it was cool to be in your follower account until you decided to speak up for something that was right. You have to show up when your coworkers are been, being treated unjustly and you recognize that they're the only ones. You have to show up in your clinics or in your, in your work settings to say, hey, we have a lot of people that are diverse in the people we, we serve, but not in the people that are serving them. It's looking on your state and local levels and seeing, okay, I'm not just voting for the president. I'm voting for all of these people who are running my state as well. What are their stances? What do they believe in? What have they historically voted for? This, this is, it's everywhere. And I, I I don't want to overwhelm people because you are not going to do this in a day. And the quicker you realize that, then the easier, I won't say easy, um, the smoother this transition into your awakening will be because there will be bumps. There will be a lot of discomfort, but you're going to have to say I'm in it for the long haul and then look for the ways to help.
1: So again, I have so many, things, (laughs) I'm going to keep this pointed and like (laughs) keep it. Because, I mean, Jennifer is a natural-born educator. Uh, so what she's done there is spot on. And, like, what, what she said, rather, in terms of, like, I don't want to overwhelm you. Because it is so easy to feel that. And then real talk, it's so easy to hide behind that. Mm-hmm. And just be like, it's so big. I don't know. I can't <laughs> do it. Like, you guys listening to this, if you're listening to this, you are likely in the movement space in some way, shape, or form. You work with people and not once have you let the enormity of something that relates to movement or health stop you yeah. the fucking healthcare system is broken and i don't see you guys being like it's so big i don't know what to do <laughs> like you're still doing something you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna educate myself i'm gonna get healthy myself yeah. i'm gonna help my patients yeah. i'm gonna advocate for my patients you know what to do you do jennifer is 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 painting this picture and and showing turning the lights on for a lot of us myself included on this other issue that is so similar all right we know what we need to be doing so can you speak a little bit more about getting uncomfortable i know it's a, i know these are pretty nebulous questions but it's just things that i, I really want to be delivered. Uh this is the first podcast of many, you guys. Like, so one, let's call a spade a spade. I think I've brought on like Jennifer as the only black person on my podcast ever. Danny. And myself. Oh my god, I forgot about Johnny. <laughs> Sorry, right, Jesus. But either way, that's terrible that you can count. You're like, Oh, and, and I brought on uh, what's, uh, uh Leon.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So three. I got two hundred and something episodes. Half of those are with people and three of those have been black people. So I have my own biases. I have my own issues and, and things that I'm, you know, looking, that I'm working on. And because uh, I've benefited from this system as well, very much. So one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm doing now is like, yeah, we need to have these discussions. We need to start doing them. They're not going to feel good. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. We talk about it with our patients all the time now. We're like, get comfortable being uncomfortable, <laughs> except when it deals with race. So we should probably, you know, start with that um, which is why I'm like trying to have you Jennifer and again I'm gonna apologize for like please help me out you know it's not your job so I, I, I thank you for for wanting to do this and for being willing to do this but in terms of getting uncomfortable and having these these discussions do you have any words surrounding that and it could be anything and you could say no that's fine too
0: um it, it is more making you aware of the spaces that you will likely be uncomfortable trying to stand Mm -hmm. up in Um, discomfort is discomfort. And like you said before, you didn't know crap about the profession that you were in. And yet you did all of the work that you could to learn. You studied, you messed up, Um you can look back at the ways that you maybe operated in the past and say, Oh man, I wish I'd never done that. Um but those are going to be ways that you're gonna get uncomfortable, recognizing when you actually used your privilege to to get ahead of something. Um like I said with turning off your comments. (laughs) I say that it's a big one, Mm -hmm. but it's people are realizing when they're people do this? Yeah, right.
1: Say that again. (laughs) So what Go ahead. Clearly, uh, I, I you know I realize it's a thing, but I'm like, dude, ex- oh, expound on that, please. So
0: they'll people will put up um, a, a post that is in support of Black Lives Matter or you know a defense against police brutality, and then they'll turn their comments off because they want to take a stance, but. What they the truth, the transparency behind turning your comments off is I don't want to have to to argue this with you. And there'll be two reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't feel equipped, which I completely understand. I don't mm-hmm. feel equipped mm-hmm. because I don't feel educated enough to argue with you. Second is I don't want to acknowledge that there are people in my follower count that actually think that this stuff is OK. And so those are two things. One is one to me is okay. If you feel like you don't feel educated enough, then it's time to get to work. I get that. But if you're not okay with facing the fact that you have some interesting people following you, then that's a whole different story. If you're worried about your follower count going down or your aesthetic looking different, like honestly, I want to be real with you. Those are so those concerns are so minor when you compare them to the fight that we are asking you to join. So it it is uncomfortable. And there are no words of comfort that I can give you other than you get stronger every time you stand up. You get stronger with every piece of uh, you know, article that you read, every book you read, every talk that you watch, you get stronger in your voice. And just like people get up and say, no, pain science is important. No, we have to talk about stretching. And you took a stance on that Now you're just learning how to take a stance on something that is really, really big. And in order to do that, you have to get uncomfortable with unpacking what has caused you to think the way that you have, educating yourself to get ready, and then mobilizing yourself as an ally. It's uncomfortable to have these conversations with your family members. I completely get it. I'm gonna be honest with you. I know right now I have friends that have not reached out and I know it's because They don't like what's going on right now. Now, I've accepted that probably because of where I live. You know, Tennessee is Mm -hmm. it's 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 you know what Tennessee is. But if you want to look at it from a different perspective, Tennessee had the most Jim Crow laws of all of the states. We had 20. Every state could could create their own underneath Jim Crow, which believed that we could have separate but equal entities, but we had the most. So I've acknowledged the fact that I have friends right now who probably are extremely uncomfortable with the fact that they're okay with this stuff. But these are the things that you're going to have to realize, because it's what black people have been realizing our whole lives, and we've had to keep going. So if you truly want to be an ally, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable.
1: You get stronger every time you stand up. You do. That's that's remarkable. That's remarkable. Where can, and you you said it before, but if we kind of make it a bit more concrete, Mm -hmm. um, where can people start? Like, There's a bunch, there's so much out there and you guys listening to this, you guys are great, right? I know my people are really fucking good. And I see you, I see you showing up and I thank you. And I also know that part of the reason that you follow me is that you can relate to me and I can relate to you. or in similar spots. And so if I just take this and make this about me, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, like, where the fuck do I start? There's so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to start, but do you have any maybe you can categorize. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Do you have like, hey, read this book, listen to this thing. Here's a start.
0: (laughs) Um, I I would usually, the first thing I start with, and I've been telling everybody is you're going to be in, if this isn't all new to you, if you've already been doing the work, then you're probably just being pushed to a different phase. If you haven't, and all of this is new, and you're saying I'm having to unpack and unlearn, then start there because, like I said, you cannot really be an effective ally if you don't start with what's inside of you, if you don't start with what you were taught and your thought viruses, okay? So you have to make yourself aware of what's going on inside of you um then it, it you got to educate yourself um we had that conversation when you asked me what should i read mm-hmm. what should i watch and i was like well yeah, I, was like... I you could easily say this is wrong and keep fighting but you you really need to know how deep this goes um so i can yeah. give you some resources um on on social media i would say rachel cargill um, is is a great one. She also started a page called The Great Unlearn. Um, so those are two. You could also look at No White Saviors. Um, check your privilege. Um, Ibram Kendi, who is an author, but he also has a space on on social media. Angela Rye, um is she is a an activist in in our community, but she also is an anchor that you might have seen on CNN. Um, and then you are say, a contributor on CNN. And then Kendrick Sampson um, is actually an actor turned activist, um, and you've probably seen a lot of his stuff in LA right now um, with some of his movements. So those are great people to, to follow. Um, someone else, because what we talked about this earlier, but I know there's a lot of people who feel uncomfortable asking black people questions. Um, they actually would rather hear from some of the white people who have already done the anti-racism work. I want to say this to you, that is fine to get started, but at some point you're going to have to unpack why you don't feel safe coming to a black person about their experience to learn about what you need to do to help. Okay. But if you do need to start soft, um, she ain't soft, but I'll say Jane Elliott, Um, She has been doing this work for a while, and honestly, sometimes her voice is stronger than some of the other ones that I've seen. But she did a a project called Blue Eyes, Brown Eyes. Um, I can't, was it back in like the 70s she did this? I can't remember what, what era it was, but she basically like separated children, white children in a classroom and made the ones with blue eyes feel like they were better and watched the divide happen. And it was a way to show white people this is what you're doing to black people Mm -hmm. Um, so that she has a lot of talks on YouTube. She actually has a book called Blue Eyes, Brown Eyes. And I think another one. She's a great person. Um, TED Talks you can watch. One is um, How to Deconstruct um, Racism One Headline at a Time. Um, You could literally just type that in and it'll come up. But the guy's name is Baratunde Thurston. Um, the symbols of systemic racism and how to take away their power. That's Paul Rucker. So those are two great ones and then books. Um, you guys have probably already been thrown a list, but I'll just list some white fragility. Um, the new Jim Crow, the, the fire, the fire next fire next time. James Baldwin, um, stamped from the beginning, which is Ibram Kendi. I told you about him earlier. Um, mm-hmm. the warmth of other sons, the one that I love for educators. Um, why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? That is a great one. Um, for you to kind of understand the, the, uh, collection of black kids and how we, tend to want to heal together and that's a whole nother lesson for another day but that's a great one um and how to be an anti-racist those are all good places to start
1: you guys listening you already know everything is in the show notes (laughs) right if you are listening on a phone that or a platform that doesn't give you show notes. Please stop listening on that. Because every time I say this. But you can go to my website. Uh You'll see a little button for podcasts. And it'll take you to all the episodes. And you can go there and start. If that list just overwhelms you. <laughs> real talk. Suck it up. I need everyone to be better at. Better critical thinkers. I need everyone everyone to start being able to see how this thing and that thing are the same. So if that list just overwhelmed you, it is no different than if you were to start your career and be like, where should I start? I want to become a physical therapist. I, someone could give you a bajillion resources and what would you do? You would pick one and you would get started. Please don't use the amount of resources as a reason or an excuse. To not start. If anything, you should be like, "Shit, there's a lot I could learn. This is yeah. exciting." We always talk about how we're always learning. I, this is no fucking different. There's so much I could learn, right? As it relates to movement, I never stop learning. I'm always, I'm always a student. This is no different. Yeah. So do not be overwhelmed by that. Jennifer and I had the conversation. We had about an hour-long conversation <laughs> before, and I was like, "Maybe we should have recorded this." And You guys know how I am. Jennifer knows how I am. And look, one of the biggest things that grinds my fucking gears is ignorance. And just people that are just not thinking. All of this, so much of this, everything here. Just be a critical thinker. Take a step back. Part of thinking is listening. Take a step back. She just gave you all of these, all of these resources, and I, I'm saying this, and I'm like getting annoyed because I know that people are going to be like, "What? Well, what is? I have not experienced this, and this is different for me." And then there's so that, many things. That part. Let me like, stop you
0: there. Unpack that. Unpack that. This honestly might not be as important to you, and then ask yourself why. There's there is still some there's some level of figuring stuff out, even if you feel that way.
1: so good, it's so good. You guys are going to, and I say you guys, I'm including myself. It's gonna feel like, for the past few days, I've been very tired, and not in the same way that Jennifer's been tired. And tired, because it's just like, you know those emoji eyes? First of all, my my real eyes look kind of like that, but the emoji eyes that are real big, that's what it felt like. It's like suddenly, you see everything. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you feel like that gif of the guy that's, like, doing the conspiracy theory. He has, like, all the strings on the board. You feel like that. And you're like, that is that and that. And it's everywhere. And, oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm recounting my own, my own experience here. But very much knowing that many of you are going to go through this right now, too, as well. Take a breath. And let's get started. She gave you a list. She's giving you examples. She's, she's just giving you another example within an example of if you're like, oh my God, it's overwhelming and I don't really know where to start. I don't really want to start. It's not as important. Unpack that. You have so many places you can, can start. Just get started. Yep. I'm just going through my list <laughs> here and making sure that we've covered as much as I... As much as I want us to cover. Yeah. Like I said, there's going to be multiple things here. Um, and the educator in me doesn't want to overwhelm people um, to the point where it's like, well, then even though I'm saying just get started and they're just like, I can't too much and turn it off. So that's why I'm like, OK, like there's a fine line. I get very start talking fast and start waving my hands and such. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah. you are working on something. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Can you share that? I with? am
0: um with like I said with the influx of new allies. Um I know that this is you're in the awakening phase and it can be a lot as we've just said a couple of times. So I I would love to get you started. Um for the healthcare space, because I know we've been looking at what to do on the main stage, but like I said, you have to go to all of the stages in your life and, and see what's going on. So I'm going to do a webinar um, about allyship and anti-racism in the movement specialist space. Um, and portion of the proceeds is actually going to go to the National Association of Black Physical Therapists. I know that people are looking for places to donate. Um, and if a lot of those funds for, you know, getting people out of jail or bailing people out, or even for the legal defense, have said redirect your funds. This is some place that you can mm-hmm. redirect your funds. Um, National Association of Black Physical Therapists—they have scholarships for um, African American kids who want to be physical therapists. Um, they have programs. They have awareness uh, programs as well. Uh, so I, I definitely want to shift some finances their way to support their cause.
1: So I was today years old when I learned <laughs> that that organization
0: exists. It does. And there are chapters and yeah, it, it exists.
1: <laughs> oh goodness me. Oh goodness. So, uh, as I work to unpack that as well, and deal with that. Um, what, when is this going to be? And you guys already know it's going to be linked in the show notes.
0: So it is actually going to be Tuesday, June 9th. Um, I I don't have a time yet, but by the time you have listened to this, there will be information uh, in the show notes and for you to register.
1: That means that that shit's going to be tomorrow, friends. (laughs) Right? It will be tomorrow. Um, But if you're listening to this episode after the date, it's okay because... It's still going to be there. Jennifer, that's you
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: that, That's your cue. It's okay if you're listening afterwards because... There will
0: be a replay, and I will do this multiple times.
1: There you go. That's like the... A very annoying question. I'm like, is it going to be a replay? Of course. It's 2020. There's always replays. You don't even need to ask that question. Of course, it's going to be a replay. I'm waving my hands frantically right now, of course. You can already see it. So June 9th, look in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the day it drafts, it'll be June 8th. So that means it is tomorrow. Um, This is a webinar that's really going to be focused on the movement space. She uses the phrase uh, movement specialist. So if you're in the movement space at all, This is for you. If you're not in the movement space, this is still for you. You're still going to learn and understand the parallels between everything. But this marketing. You have to, like, put a freaking specific thing on it. So people are like, oh, it is for me. This is for anybody. But specifically, if you are in the movement space, PT, Cairo, OT, hand therapist, yoga instructor, Pilates instructor, CrossFit instructor, whatever, you talk about movement in any capacity, this is going to be for you. Um, I will be there, and like she said, the proceeds are going to the NABPT, um, which is a great way to start putting your money where your mouth is. Um, Yes, there's going to be a cost to sign up, to register for this. Why? Because when you pay, you pay attention. We know this. Uh, I have feelings about how lots of free things are being given away right now, and I think that uh, that's fine. But I also know that when we sign up for things that are free, we oftentimes don't do it. So... We're going to make sure that you're there uh, and then also help you take steps forward in terms of donating and actually taking action. Um, Jennifer, in fact, in true educator form here, she's leading from the front, giving you ways to do things and helping you out, holding your hand. So again, Jennifer, thank you. I know you're tired and you're still doing this. and I I appreciate it endlessly. Of course.
0: Thank you for using your platform.
1: Figuring it out. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Is there anything else that you would like to to say to leave the people with for now? Because there will be more.
0: Get comfortable being uncomfortable, and I hope you're in it for the long haul.
1: That's it. That's it. Jennifer. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yum. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys listening. Thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to this episode. And for that, I am, or well, we are both endlessly, endlessly grateful. Before I head out, I do want to say just get started. Just take an action. Listen. Do listen to this episode? Is taking an action. Uh, I think that we worry about it being perfect. And. It doesn't have to be. We just have to get started. Jennifer has left you with so, so much. And if you're still like, I don't know, rewind. I don't I don't think give it to even rewind episode. Just stop and then listen to this again from the beginning. I don't, I don't think that's like, rewinding is like not a thing, right? Like you don't have to do that. You just stop it and listen to it from the beginning. Okay. She's giving you resources. They are all in the show notes. Please use them. If... You liked this episode. If you loved this episode, again, I'm not asking for any subscriptions or reviews or any shit like that. If you liked it, share it with somebody who it can help. If you loved it, share it with somebody who it can help. And yeah, I'm asking you for two things today use that resource list and get started. Anything else, Jen?
0: Nope. Good.
1: Alright. Until next time, my friends, Dr. J Pop and Maestro.